Hi, I'm Chud X. And I'm Lanny. And this is The World As It Is Today. Hey, and welcome to another episode of The World As It Is Today podcast. We're here today in September, which as you may or may not know, which you probably don't know, it is um, National Preparedness Month. Yeah, that's right. I know that. Yeah. Because I'm a prepper. Right. So this is my time to shine. Just like all black people know <laughs> that, that February, February is, special. is their time to shine. It's just, that's the time. Yeah. Like, no, I actually, I did not know that until, well, I did just hear it today, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I heard this recently too. And it's something that I really wanted to talk about on Feed the Beauty, which is our other podcast that we do with a panel of cool people, um, Buffalo and Legs from False Reality Check, Adam from Deborah Gets Red Pilled, and Moral Bob and Mrs. Moral Bob of the Hidden in Plain Sight podcast. Um, we usually have a theme. We kind of do our homestead updates and then we talk about some kind of a theme. Those are all on lockdown. People have, thing, have things reserved. So we'll be into October before I get a chance to bring up this as a topic, but I really wanted to dive into it. So I thought we could sit down for a minute today. Well, good thing we have a podcast. We can do that. We on. can do it. I could talk even to myself. Mm-hmm. With no one around, not even recording if I wanted, <laughs> if I wanted to. Um, but really, I wanted to just really quick business um, first. I wanted to remind everybody that we do have a Teespring store. So if you like our podcast and you want to support the world as it is today, that's one way to do it in greener postures. There are um, some shirts that are there that are food preservation uh, geared. There's ones that are conspiracy themed. And then there's also just the world as it is today logo shirt, which I think is pretty classy. That's with the hot air balloon. Um, the, that's the ones we have. And I have um, a ferment all the things sweatshirt as well. So check that out. You can go to greenerpostures.com and I think we've got a merch tab there that you can find all of that info under. Um, yeah, there's three lines up in the corner. You click on that and merch is one of the Merch one is of the one of the choices there. And it shows you a few things and can lead you to this Teespring shop. Yep, for sure. And then um, other ways to support us um, are through the workshops that I provide on um, the website. I don't have any currently scheduled. I am planning one. I believe it's going to be October 15th, which should be a Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific time um, for uh, bone broth, a bone broth workshop, which I've done in person before and not online yet. So I'm excited to do that. Changing it up for the online crew. Yeah. And October is a great time to do that. And just to recenter yourself in this like super slow cooking, nourishing food that you can use to start like a million different meals. Yeah. It makes total sense to switch from, from fermentation and canning at this, at that point in time. Right. And we're still, we're still kind of in the fermentation and canning. We're for sure in the canning. (laughs) Yeah. We're in full swing and canning season. So about that, I am doing one-on-one or um, small group consultations. um, And I am doing uh, like, we can talk about canning. If you want to get started canning, you're not sure how, and you want to hear my insights, reach out to me. I don't have anything formal yet up on the website, but greenerpostures at pm.me is my email address. And if you want to get started in canning and you're a little intimidating and you just want to sit down and talk, um, I'm, I'll schedule something with you. Let's, let's do this. And I'm not, I don't have a price for that. You can donate something if you want to, but really I just want to help people get started preserving food if you can. If you can. If you can. <laughs> right. If you want to can. If you want to can. 
So um, with that as well, we're still looking for um, more reviews. If you enjoy the podcast, um, please leave a review. Please leave a five-star review mm-hmm. on your whatever platform that you're listening on. Um, we check the Apple, um, iTunes, whatever um, podcast platform for reviews, and we can see those there. And so we, we're really thankful to everyone who has left a review. And if you haven't yet and you like the show, uh, just jump on there and uh, leave us something. Uh, bonus points if you make us laugh. So thank you for that. Um, so I want to talk about, oh, and the last part is the, the fermentation workshops, fermented beverages, fermented condiments, and fermentation for food preservation. The playback is available for purchase on the Greener Postures website. So while I don't have anything scheduled, if you miss those things, or if you're shy and you don't really want to do the group thing, and you'd rather just watch one of those previous ones, um, just tell me, uh, uh, go on there, uh, greenerpostures.com slash workshops, find the one you want, click to sign up, and then you just choose playback, and I will send you everything, including the booklet. You'll still get access to the Telegram group, and then you'll get the two-hour video playback of um, whichever one you select. So that's a way to do it um, if you want to. I'll do more of the fermentation workshops later on um, if we get new people interested. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to just wait till kind of like next summer to do stuff like that. Um, we'll have sourdough coming up and we'll have, um, bone broth rather. So, okay. National preparedness month. Yeah. So I follow a few people that were, are considered preppers on Instagram Mm -hmm. and they're mostly women, actually all, I think women. Um, I think only women use Instagram. Right. Okay. That's what it is. (laughs) Like you have an account, you jerk. Um, so, so these ladies, uh, they, they have, like a presence on there about prepping and they have some kind of a business, which I think is similar to other ones you might've seen where they basically, you have a membership and you get extra content from them, um, tips and tricks and lists of things and prepping. And I don't know, there's a lot of talk about mylar bags and, um, uh, freeze drying stuff and the harvest rate freeze dryer, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I am aware that it's national preparedness month because of these people they're doing, I think it's like hashtag 30 days of preparedness or something like that. And, and like, it's actually, it's cool. Like some of them, they're just sharing like different tips per day. Like the first was water. Like the second they were sharing car preps, like having a bag in your car with like safety equipment or whatever, jumper cables and a first aid kit. It seems like, like for me really basic, we were poor. So we had to like basic stuff just kind of like set up. So we were ready in case something didn't go right. You know, sure. like, um, we had like a whole winter without heat once. And we, we had, (laughs) we paid for heat. You? Oh no. You're talking about, I'm talking about when I was a kid, but yeah, we had really shitty heat situation. Yeah. We had a really harsh winter with uh, bad ducks. Yes. But I'm actually talking about when I was a kid and our heat, her heater broke and we were on the waiting list. I'm using air quotes. We just didn't have, we were saving money. We didn't have credit cards, which is rad too. But, uh, uh, my family took a while to get the heater and we pitched a tent in our living room and my brother and I slept in the tent on the coldest days cause it actually trapped the heat and it would get pretty yeah. warm in there. Um, Tent, tents are great like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So, and there were other things, you know, but we, we were, we were prepared and my dad liked to, to hunt and fish. And so we had like camping supplies and things like that. Um, all of us know how to start a fire, that kind of thing. So it seems natural to me, but I think to other people who haven't lived like that, or maybe grown up just in the city besides having, and like people don't even have flashlights anymore. Cause it's on your phone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, 
I think this can be useful for some people, but it was, it's kind of like this, um, pet peeve situation that there's a national preparedness month Yeah, that it's like, now you're going to talk about it because this, what is it? Who puts this on this? Yeah. Who puts it on? Because there's all kinds of stupid shit like that, like all the time. Uh, I don't know why I was, I ended up at some like animal, uh, uh, refugee Instagram, uh, like a month ago. And it was interesting because like they had all these pictures several days in a row because it was national zookeeper appreciation week. Okay. And I was just like, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's nice. You're showing your employees, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's cool. I, it's not like I have a problem with it, but who the fuck told you that? Yeah. Where'd you hear that? Right. You know, like where, where, where'd you get that from? So when I Google it, there's like a website that's called ready.gov, R-E-A-D-Y ready. Um, like be ready. Right. Uh And they have a little section that says national preparedness month is an observance each September to raise awareness about the importance of preparing for disasters and emergencies that could happen at any time. In 2021, FEMA, FEMA, oh, FEMA puts it on. Okay. Okay. In 2021, FEMA's Ready Campaign and the Ad Council broke ground by producing the first ever national preparedness campaign, specifically targeting the Latino community for National Preparedness Month. Wow, that's exciting. (laughs) Released during Hispanic Heritage Month. (laughs) Was that that at the same time as uh, Take a Mexican to Lunch Day? Because that's an important holiday, isn't it? Oh, it wasn't that go to Mexican for lunch day because that uh, sounds delicious. Toxic Adventure Four. Oh the, right, the right. massacre happens, and Lemmy says it's such a shame that happening on Take a Mexican to Lunch Day and all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, if you don't like trashy movies, guys, you're left out of this part of the conversation. <laughs> but we'll get right back in. So, uh, released during Hispanic Heritage Month, the advertisements centered around the Latino community's commitment to personal planning for occasions and family milestones as a bridge to also planning for disasters. So, because Mexicans are good at having cookouts, (laughs) that they should also be able to plan for national disasters. So, that's cool. Damn, I'm glad Um, that we got a great comedy team writing for a .gov page. The one-of-a-kind campaign is committed to putting people first and reaching communities where they are. To continue these efforts, this year's National Preparedness Month campaign will feature a call to action for the Black and African American communities. Uh This year's national public service announcements are being developed and will be released throughout the country in September to help the preparedness information into the hand, get those into the hands of those who live in under un, underserved communities. So the 2021 theme, uh, let's see, the 2021 theme was prepare to protect. Making a plan to prepare prepare for disasters is the best way to protect your family. And the 2022 theme is a lasting legacy. Huh. The life you've built is worth protecting. Prepare for disasters to create a lasting legacy for you and your family. See, I, I like these, these words. Sure. You know, like if, if, uh, if someone, if we, if we came up with these things, I'd be going, yeah, yeah, this, this is well-written, you know, like this is and a, a lasting legacy at the ad for a lasting legacy a lasting is a legacy. black woman. We, you, well, if you and I were saying it, we would be going, yeah, we need to create a lasting legacy like our grandparents had. Yeah. We need to reconnect with that. But if we can't reconnect with that, we need to start now. But and, instead this is FEMA. Start teaching preparedness to our, to our children. And so this is, this is where I'm not sure. They only speak of the 2021 theme and it seemed as if 2021's ad campaign broke ground by producing 
Ads. Ads for the Hispanic community. But I wasn't clear if there was the National Preparedness Month prior to 2021 or if this was founded in 2021. I'm looking at the screen over there and I just see 2022 and 2021. Yeah. So they only have those two. Is there a wiki for this? A this, wiki entry? How do you it's, open a new tab? Uh, like a there, second a tab. plus, plus sign? One? Yeah. Oh, look at that. There you go. Look at that. Um. <sighs> But yeah, this is, it's, it's, it's interesting to me because, um, you know, we're obviously, I used to not embrace the term prepper. Yeah. I kind of wanted to get into that. If maybe this is a good segue, do you want to talk about what that means to you and why? Yeah, sure. You know, like it's not, it's not that I, I, I don't know. I've always been prepared. I was, I was a boy scout and I really took that away with me. Um, I've, uh, I think I've actually said this on here before. I was always the guy with a flashlight right. and a knife. And, you know, like I like I was living in a city and when a situation would arise, I'd have a couple tools with me and I'd be, you know, happy to help with, you know, just try and make make whatever work. Um, but far from prepper, you know. Yeah. And then as you and I started progressing um, together and we started doing things that were closer to being prepper like i just never prepper always had like a doom yeah like like there you go like that i was preparing for the apocalypse and you know i know i kind of like slip up all the time and we talk about the apocalypse comes like i talk like it's gonna come but i always try to pull back and remind myself and to listeners at the same time that i don't necessarily think there's impending doom right but i do think that being prepared not even for doom I, i you know throw a coat in your car every time you go driving, even if it's summertime, because mm-hmm. you might end up somewhere in the middle of the night and you want a coat and a flashlight. Sure. And basic set of or tools. you might run along an emergency where somebody needs to just have their shoulders covered where you're helping someone on the side of the road. Right. There's just like, like why not have that in there? And I, and I've just always had that mentality. So, you know, um, it's not necessarily that I think that I'm going to get in a situation where I need that coat every time I'm in the car. I just want to be prepared because I do know I've been in a few shitty situations and every single time I've been prepared and I've always been so thankful for that. For sure. That that's why the mentality, it grows from that, you know? So wait, wait, something you said where it's based uh, the, the, the doom kind of aspect. So in my head, when you say prepper, I think of someone who's hoarding things out of fear. Yes. That they're, they're being and, and possibly, um, in a way like with a religious or violence based aspect to it. Okay. That's yeah. just, that's what pops into like, my head. Yeah, at yeah, first. Just, yeah. And that's probably social and engineered, you know, like oh, huh, the, yeah. the that's, inter- our, the, that's our culture. The reason we're saying this is to explain that that's the way our, we interpret that our culture interprets. Yeah. This. I feel like I've been brainwashed in a way without realizing it just in the, in the background to think that anyone who is a prepper is, is, crazy Christian loaded with guns and hoarding a bunch of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And like you heard the term a little bit, it was, uh, curb your enthusiasm, made fun of it. COVID hoarders. Oh yeah. Where people were like, that was a really funny episode where they're like hoarding cleaning supplies and bleach Uh, and hand sanitizer sanitizer. and gloves and masks and toilet paper. And so like, yeah, the worst thing you could do, the dirtiest thing you could be as a COVID hoarder. It's worse than having COVID. But Uh, pulling back from that i think of like i used to think of preppers as somebody in an apartment with um like a hundred cans of uh chili under their bed 
right? Okay. And and like a closet that had five gallon buckets uh, full of rice and beans. Somebody who had those uh, meals that everybody, all the good podcasts uh, have discount codes for. You know what? What are they called? Uh, Patriot Supply, mm-hmm. right? Um, you had that kind of shit. You also had guns and um, and ammo, and uh, yeah, you thought something bad was going to happen. You know who I've associated prepping with for, or I did for a long time? I had to shake it before I started embracing it at all. It was like Glenn Beck. Yes. Glenn Beck's always selling fucking Well, he's selling food. Patriot Supply stuff. Is it Was it my mm-hmm. Patriot I'm Supply? Sure. If yeah. not, it was a clone of that. Yeah. You know, like, or Patriot Supply is a clone of whatever he had or whatever. Whatever. I'm pretty you know? sure. Yeah, those freeze-dried meals, yeah. uh, which I've eaten. I've, I've taken them backpacking when mm-hmm. going out for real long backpacks. You take a few of those, and, you know, if you don't have any food, you pour some boiling water in one of those and it's food uh just like a, a cup of noodle is food yeah uh you know it's food but is it <laughs> right <laughs> you know? right that's a great question um but uh uh it wasn't until we were actually pretty far down this this path of of um preserving food mm-hmm. that i started being like oh yeah you know i could look at the these shelves that i can see from here yeah and it's like, oh yeah, we're we're totally preppers. Like I, I'd be denying to say that we're we're not preppers, but that doesn't look like what I ever pictured when I was listening to Glenn Beck and he was saying you got to have at least you know fourteen months worth of food supply. No, in my head, it's like someone who eats McDonald's every day and just has buckets of freeze dried food in their closet. Right. But like as I started to yeah grow grow things and and want to cook more from scratch, right. I realized that buying things in bulk is less expensive than buying them on the fly, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember the specific time standing in the kitchen, our carpeted kitchen in our last house. Oh, oh so gross. Fucking damn it. In our 1970s mobile home where we had no room, where we also had really bad heat ducts and it was bad windows. There would be ice on the inside of the windows in the mm-hmm. winter time. And I thought, I wish we were rich enough to save money. Mm-hmm. And what I meant by that, I think I've mentioned it maybe even on here before. What I meant by that is that if we had enough money to have enough space and safe storage um, that we could have an extra fridge with um, and use the electricity to run it, that we could have enough money up front to buy in bulk, then we could save money on the things we were buying. Because we could buy a lot at a time and we could store it. And that to me just makes sense. That's less being a prepper and more being frugal. But part of doing that is then being a prepper because then you have a stockpile. You have, you know, a a month's worth of the things you use all the time. Part of this too, though, is having a working pantry, which is something that I'm obsessive about because what we do here goes to waste if we don't use it in a timely manner. Everything has an expiration date, even those freeze-dried meals. It might be 25 years, but there's an expiration date. It's like you, you said just the other day, you were like, uh, I don't remember what spawned it, but you were like, isn't it crazy that we have to say we need to remember to eat our food? Yeah. Yeah. We're like, so it's there. We have such abundance. We can't forget. We have one can of apple pie filling from two years ago. Yeah, we need to like, use we that We need first. to use that like, like now, yeah. you know, like we, we have food that's like, oh, okay, cool. We like made it for a year. Now we're a little better set for next year, but we got to finish off what we did last year. Right. Now. Right. And what a wonderful problem to have. Uh-huh. Um, and <clears throat> I think that it's really, um, there's really something to say about like running a kitchen like you would a good restaurant kitchen where everything or, or a grocery store where everything's faced and you pull old stuff forward and you stock behind it. So mm-hmm. if you've ever worked a grocery store, if you've ever worked a restaurant, you know, you don't put like a new, uh, 
crate of lettuce on top of the old stuff. You move the old stuff, you put the, the other one down and you put the, the oldest on top. So that's what you pull from, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing where if you want to get the good cookies at the bakery, you dig around for a minute to get to the bottom because that's <laughs> where they put the new ones on the bottom so that people grab the older ones first. Oh, okay. So, so you get the Never fresher really fresher baked goods, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm ruining their their <laughs> what they're doing. But... Um, or you know, if you're getting uh, chicken strips, you're like, oh, no, 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 not the ones on top. Yeah, dig to the bottom there. The bottom. Dig the, well, then they kind of like, get steamed. Yeah, they're like, are you sure? These ones are all like, like the, the stuff's the all just off. like slides off. Like, yes, I said the bottom. <laughs> I want that fresh ones. So anyway, what I'm, I'm getting at is a working pantry is something that's always moving and you're pulling from and you're, and you, you know, like a lot of what I'm cooking is based on what we have. It's not like, oh, I want this and we go to seek those things out. I've talked about this on here before, and I want to do more of that in my upcoming podcast that's in the works, uh, the Greener Postures podcast. Yeah. But um, I, I want, I want everybody to get this picture um, that like you, you see what you have, you see what's fresh, you see what needs to be used before it goes bad, and then you build your meals off of that. Yeah. You know, if I have all these things that I want to use and I realize that cilantro would be a nice compliment and I have the luxury of being able to go to the store and buy some cilantro, fresh cilantro, right? And a lime or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the, the bulk of the meal is built off of what we have and what we need to use. And that just seems basic. So again, for fully, we are preppers in, in, in the food sense, but it's comes from trying to be frugal it comes from wanting to have um the home be the basis of everything that we do it comes from growing our own food mm -hmm. and so um this preparedness awareness month has really caught me off guard because then there's this next aspect of this preparedness thing so these preppers on instagram were using this as a promo and as a way to you know get people's attention to what they have to offer which yeah. is fine great but then the preparedness stuff on here is really a lot about like FEMA and um, natural disasters like what happened in uh, Louisiana. What's it, What am I trying to say? The, the hurricane. Oh, the, the hurricane. Yeah. Hurricane Katrina. Katrina, yes. Yeah, yeah. See, that's what I'm getting the vibe from the other page that we were looking at. Now you got the Wikipedia up. Yeah, I wanted to read uh, from that. But it's like they're not talking about prepping like we're talking or Glenn Beck is talking. Yeah. They're talking about be sure to have your emergency contacts on the fridge you know, like, yes. uh, be sure to be able to, to, to weather not having electricity for up to six hours. Um, you know, uh, be, keep your phone charged. Yeah, it's really <laughs> is. It's a, it's tips like, like how to make sure you can keep in contact with authorities. Yeah. How yeah. can you listen to what the authorities tell you, you what to do next? If you're real serious, if they're getting real serious, I can see them telling you to have a radio, a wind up radio. Yeah. Uh, so that you can hear official broadcasts on where to quarantine and, and how you're supposed to handle yourself. Yeah. 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 And that is disturbing to me because anything that we do that could be considered being prepared here is about how do we, navigate whatever comes up without having to contact authorities. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. 100%. So, I mean, that's like, that is everything about what we try to do with prepping Yeah, is to cut authorities out. Right. So uh, national preparedness month on the Wikipedia page. Um, I've never seen, I never read the, you know, there's a little explanation explanation point at yeah. the top and it tells you something. This says this article contains content that is written like an advertisement. Please help improve it by removing promotional content and inappropriate external links. And by adding encyclopedic content written from a neutral viewpoint. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a note that they wrote about the page in July of 2010. So no one's yeah. updated this page for a while. And I can see right at the beginning, it says it's from, uh, two th- started, its inception was in 2004. Yes, yeah, so National Preparedness Month did start in 2004. It's and under, it's under Bush. Observed in uh, September. So, uh, so that's interesting too, is, is does this have anything to do with 9-11? Uh-huh. And, and this is under Bush a few years after one and it's also in September. Um, it's sponsored by the federal federal emergency management agency, FEMA, right? The department of Homeland security, the national preparedness month encourages Americans to take steps to prepare for emergencies in their homes, businesses, schools, and communities. FEMA's ready campaign, the correlating public education outreach campaign, dis, uh, disseminates information to help the general public prepare to respond to emergencies, including natural disasters and and potential terrorist attacks. You know, I just, I just want to interrupt. I'm I'm really dwelling on that time frame that this was in, in, uh, incepted in. Yeah. Uh, Because that would have been when Bush and Kerry were running. Yeah. That would have been, 9-11 9-11 was yeah. still like, like, I just want, I want our listeners to, to, to take in for a moment what the American mentality was in September of, of 2004. There was an election right around the corner. It was uh it was a highly contested election. You know, nobody thought that Bush could possibly get a second one, at least the people I was around. Um, and you know, he did, he did win that, but that would have been after this, but this was when, you know, we were still in the, uh, the dust of nine 11, you mm-hmm. might say, uh, people were scared of terrorist attacks. There was a, like the right whole movement was to keep people scared of terrorist attacks. Yeah. So if they started saying national preparedness month, they might not have been thinking prepper like we're talking right, right now at right. all. No, but they're just saying terrorist attacks and national disaster, natural yeah, disasters. Be prepared in case a fucking plane flies into your house because it could happen. Well, anytime. here, here's something interesting. I'm skimming ahead here. It says the history of this national preparedness month is a part of the government effort to strengthen their capabilities. Right. We already mentioned that. Let's skip ahead here a little bit. So it says the national preparedness architecture encompasses prevention, protection, response, and recovery efforts to prepare the United States for all hazards, whether terrorist attack or national natural disaster. Right. That's it. And they say terrorist attack first, but since September 11, 2001, the government takes, has taken steps to encourage its citizens to make their own survival preparations. September was chosen as national preparedness month as the tragedies of September 11, 2001 uh-huh. highlighted to the nation, the importance of being prepared. Also September has been chosen partly because of the peak of the Atlantic hurricane season in mid September. Oh wow. When, when was hurricane Katrina? I do not remember. I looked it at up. All. It, was... it is um, Hurricane Katrina was August twenty third to the August thirty first of two thousand and five. The next year. So what I already drew from this before even looking down, and I never read any of that. Was this is in, it has something to do with September eleventh, and I was also saying this has something to do with her, uh, Hurricane uh-huh. stuff. And Bingo! Ding ding ding! Twice. Wow. So um, they suggest that individuals take preparedness steps. So in 2016, the National Household Survey revealed that while more than 75% of Americans surveyed reported having supplies set aside in their homes just for disaster, less than 50% had 
a household emergency plan. National Preparedness Month serves to encourage individuals across the nation to take important preparedness steps, blah, blah, blah. Like having an emergency supply kit, making a family emergency plan, being informed about the different emergencies that may affect them, as well as making taking the necessary steps to get trained and become engaged in community preparedness and response efforts. So when I was a kid, we had people come to school and like tell us about stop, drop and roll. And they had us, they encouraged us and sent us home with like little leaflets on how to make like a fire escape plan with our family. I remember taking that to the extreme at one point and I took the screen out my window and practiced jumping out my window. Mm -hmm. I was on the second floor. It was a very long Ooh, drop. Holy shit. So I, I did that. Did you realize it was on the second floor before yeah. you jumped? Yeah. I mean like, yeah, I knew where I was, uh -huh. but uh, yeah, I thought yourself? I put my coat down. I like dropped my coat out of the window first to like fall Did you hurt yourself? It. I mean, yeah, I like landed on my feet. It did the thing where your ankles get kind of spiny feeling and then hot. Yeah. And then like hit, hit my butt and I was like, I'm okay. And my yeah. friends made fun of me for the way I said, I'm okay. After oh, ever, like a really long time. So yeah, I mean, I was okay, but, um, I, I did get in trouble. So you're not, don't, don't do that. But like, you know, making a, a just a drill so kids know what to do if something happens and you're like blocked from, from being able to help them. It's not a bad idea. We would also have, um, oh, let's see. There was other things like that that would come up as a kid. There, there would be people that came to school and like told you not to, like a guy who was in a wheelchair came to our school to tell us not to dive into the shallow end of a pool. Mm. I feel like that's really specific. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really specific. But we had a whole like assembly with this guy telling us like how he was a strong athletic dude that dove into the shallow end and hit his head and now he's paralyzed. And shit like that yeah. all the time right. through my through my school. We even had right. an astronaut talk once. Whoa! And he talked about how scary it was to be floating in space. Oh my god! Did you guys have y the yo-yo people come? Yeah, but I, I was that was a really long time ago. Yeah, like, I was uh, really little. Yeah, I was like in like second grade. Like doing trick yo-yos, and yeah. I, I bought a yo-yo and they signed it. Everyone bought a yo-yo, and then like everyone's just like, wait. They don't do what they <laughs> yeah, did up there. I know. It was so disappointing. And they would like, but I had some, one of the guys like sign it and I thought it was so cool. I was really little. <laughs> sweet. But yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, but yeah, they had assemblies, assemblies like weird. that all the time. Like, you know, uh, warning kids. Like yeah. Drunk driver. We had, you know, people who were drunk drivers. We even had a guy who was just fucking high on meth once. Like come in and. He, he, he was, was like, currently high on meth. Yeah, like I was old enough to be like, dude, this guy's on drugs. Like, yeah. like he was like, he had sores all over and he was like picking at himself and he was telling us about how bad drugs were and how they destroyed his life. And Except how he, I'm like, and how he like lost his family and his kids and like all this shit. And, and your was, principal's giving me drugs, so I'll come here and speak to you. Yeah, and it's like, well, shouldn't this like end with you saying that you like quit? But it doesn't. No, it's just that like he's just <laughs> on drugs. Oh my God. He's like, that's so crazy. Yeah. Uh, and the weird art teachers like leaves with him. <laughs> and that, and that was a time too, you know, this was like early nineties, like not everyone knew the name meth. I feel like, yeah. you know, it was like, uh, sure. you know, and, and I don't think he ever said meth. It was all crank. Yeah. Crank. Was crank. All he crank. Heck yeah. Crank. That takes me back. He was, he was <laughs> <laughs> not because I was using it just because like people used to call it that. Yeah. Also I used it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, am I? I don't know. No one will ever know for a different episode so okay so we're we're pretty spot on with the this timeline of what they were doing they were trying to keep us afraid of terrorist attacks yeah right and so these preppers that um i'm seeing uh on instagram are, are taking liberties with it a little bit and that's fine too um but what was interesting about this is the whole y2k element right okay because yeah. that's probably the mm -hmm. first time that i experienced 
was exposed to the idea of what a prepper might be and probably where I developed a lot of those um, ideas of them being hoarders and paranoid and, and having yeah. guns, right? Yeah, yeah. Y2K was, for anyone young listening who doesn't know, was when New Year's of 2000, the computers were supposed to turn over and shut down because they thought it was the year zero instead of the year 2000. Yeah, and the planes would fall out of the sky, credit cards wouldn't work, automatic door, everything You couldn't has... even lock the doors of the store. There was a whole lot of sentiment like this. Oh, you don't realize everything is controlled by a computer now. The doors won't open for you when you go to the grocery store. Yeah. You know, like, you're, you won't be able to spend money. The cash, re- even your cash won't be good because cash registers won't work because they have computers in them too. And all the computers are going to become corrupt at the same moment, at yeah. the same time, and yeah. So I think, in my mind, that really brought to the forefront people's awareness of how dependent we had become on technology, pretty much overnight, mm-hmm. in just yeah. a few in a few years. And um, I think that the point of Y2K and the hysteria around it was meant to have us all get a little bit scared in one way or another, mm-hmm. of different varying levels of, of fear, yep. but some kind of fear and worry about it, and then see, oh wait, it's no big deal. That was stupid. I should embrace the technology. And then everything's fine. And now we just never question if anyone ever brings up any problem with technology being concerning, then people just shoo it off now because we all had seen how dumb we all looked. We all had an egg on our face. In my head, I kind of think of it as being about 10 years later, 2011, you know, a couple years after we were together, uh, after we'd been living together for a while, that's when everyone had a phone. Sure. That's when, um, I think we've talked about it on here before, the brothers that I knew that, um, uh, they just came up last episode too, but uh, they didn't know what a computer was at one point. Yeah. Like, then by 2011, those guys both had smartphones. Right, okay, and then that's, yeah, we started to be weird for not having smartphones by that point. Yeah, Like everybody right. had. Right, well, well, maybe we weren't quite weird yet in 2011, but by 2016 for sure. For sure, yeah, we've been weird for a long time now. Yeah. So Y2K is t- 2001, or 2000, right? And then that's the, is that the year that Bush was elected? In 2000? Oh, oh, well, 2000. 2000 was the campaign. And then he became president at the beginning January, of the year. Okay. Yeah. So it was like this this idea of like people becoming afraid and then stockpiling things and then looking like idiots. And like runs get, runs on stuff at the grocery store like we saw at the beginning of COVID when no one could get toilet paper, right? Mm-hmm. And um, those, those it's, it's like if you look at it this way over a long period of time, it's like almost like this direct effort to get us scared and then tell us everything's fine. Get us scared and then tell us everything's fine. And it all comes back to just keep looking to authority to fix everything for you. Yeah. Like the government's got it. And so like these campaigns that they put up are, are not actually for us to be able to be self-sufficient and like care for ourselves in no. any way. It's just how do you hunker down and not die while you wait to be rescued? Yes. And that sounds like a bunch of shit to me yeah sounds like fucking maga yeah <laughs> you know like mm-hmm. yeah well, we'll just ride this out until the savior comes yeah you know? yeah exactly well and what do they uh, like i don't rem- i don't know if this is in the bible somewhere but i remember bible people always telling me you have to meet god halfway 
And um, do you do you know what I mean? I, I know I've heard that phrase, but I, don't I can't know. think of anyone saying it to me under what context. Yeah, when I was a kid, like you have to meet God halfway. If like if you you can't just pray and expect that to happen, you have to be working towards it you as can't well. Pray to get and this they'll job. meet you halfway. You have to pray. You to have get to the job and then try and then to get go the job. apply for the job. Yeah, you can't if you just yeah. pray and sit in and your pajamas. Sit there. Then yeah, you won't get it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. So like you have to meet God halfway, and so what I what I'm what I'm trying to get at is like. You don't need a, a national campaign brought to you by FEMA to tell you that you should probably have like at least a couple months food in your house for your family mm-hmm. and that it should be stuff that you eat anyway so that you won't suffer during that time that you're eating it and also so that you can eat it and keep replacing it so that it doesn't go bad. It's not like you have this food and then you throw it away once a year and buy new. Just go buy a pallet of cream corn. <laughs> Put that in your basement. I'm a prepper. It's like barely any nutritional value. Horrible texture. Like, um. <laughs> yeah, but I won't starve. It's, and, and, then, and then every like five years you throw out that, that pallet and get another pallet. Yeah. Yep. This time it's navy beans. <laughs> Just navy beans? Couldn't you at least get like some Nally's chili or something? No. Nope. It's loaded with chemicals, but go for it anyway. It's, it's delicious. <laughs> Mix a little bit of a uh, Velveeta in there. Get some Fritos. You got a nice dip. <laughs> you got a nice dip for the family, for the Super Bowl. So, cream corn makes a good dip. Cream, <laughs> cream corn can be a dip too. It can too be a dip. It can too. <laughs> oh my I god! Nacho cheese. That I was gonna say Velveeta in the cream corn too. <laughs> Velveeta with anything, right? I don't like that stuff. It coats your teeth. It's weird. Yeah. It's not natural. It's petroleum products. I haven't eaten that brand enough, but I know that. I bought from other cheapy cheeses. One of the I'm not proud to say this, I'm saying it anyway. One uh one when I was stocking up a little more heavily at the beginning of COVID stuff because I just didn't want to deal with the crowds. I bought uh, a big log of Velveeta and it sat in our pantry. Do we eat it? No, I don't think we I think I finally I gave it to the food bank. Okay, good. We had it for like two years and I was like, oh, there's an expiration date on this. Like so I can think of the packaging, but I don't even know what that is inside of there. It's like a, it's a foil. Like a it's a foil with a block of this like kind of semi-soft yeah. cheese-like substance that needs to be refrigerated after it's open. Uh-huh. But like more familiar people are are with the Velveeta like shells and cheese boxes. It's like yeah, macaroni and cheese with like a, a pouch that you squeeze out. I assume. Oh yeah. See, like I've never had that. Yeah. I, I, I like used to want it really bad because I... Never had it. I had a family member that worked for Kraft Foods and like Philip Morris. And they would send us these care packages of stuff that you couldn't even get on this coast, let or like stuff that was like um, being demoed in certain places, you know? Mm-hmm. I had a fanny pack that had the cheese source Rex on it. Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah. I had like, a, you know, the Oscar Mayer weenie whistle. Cause that's when I started to learn that like um, advertising was really weird because. You thought all these companies were independent, but then I realized they were, were all owned by the same company because it was like post Oscar Mayer craft. Like it was a big list of things that she would send us stuff from and, and she could buy out that company, the employee store for really, really cheap. Mm-hmm. And I was like always, you know, blueberry morning cereal or something. I'd be like, how come this is, this isn't made by the macaroni and cheese people. And <laughs> like, Oh no, it is. It's all owned by Philip Morris and Philip Morris is a cigarette company. Right. I was like, Oh wow, that's interesting. But, um, 
that stuff, uh, Velveeta shells and cheese was like coveted. I don't know if it's not also made by Kraft or I think it is, but it's just like, I would always just get the kind of like oh, I'm the, sure. dra- the it's dry It's probably made pouch. by the same company and they like, you know, make these brands look like they're competing. But yeah. Oh yeah. Really? It's all just the it's same all shit. It's all the same thing. Cause see my family, well, we, my, my family didn't have any of that stuff, but I had grandparents who always had cheese whiz in the fridge uh-huh. and uh, a quick lunch was Are cheese. you supposed to put that shit in the fridge? Uh, yeah. The cans? Yeah, it was like a jar. With oh, the yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Never it mind. was like a spread. That I thought it was on. the cheese in a can kind of. No, yeah. no, no, yeah. no, not those. Uh, it was, I don't know if cheese whiz is still a thing. No, you know, I like remember jar, that when you say it. jar of cheese yeah. and it was like spreadable. So you'd mm-hmm. like put that and a slice of, uh, of uh Processed meat, um, yeah, you know, like whatever. make a sandwich or yeah, something? make a really okay. quick sandwich, a slice of lettuce, or a you slice heat of it up and, and put put it on some chips or something. I think people would, but not my grandparents. Yeah. That was too ethnic. <laughs> <laughs> Your white German old settler American grandparents, and it would be really bland. I would think like it would need some some spice there, there's or something. No, like, there's you just no put a couple shakes of hot hot sauce yeah, in there, there and then heat it up. It would be and fun. then it's like a fiesta in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, you dip some chips in that. But yeah, sorry, I totally do. Yeah, we got we got way off. Uh, So anyway, uh, what was this called? National preparedness. No, I think we're talking about Velveeta. (laughs) (laughs) National Velveeta Month. There you go. So excited. Is there? There's probably a National Velveeta Day. There's probably a National Cheese Month. There's. We should have just like a, a episode where we just talk about different national blanks. Yeah. Well, I think they're all stupid. They're all stupid. Like, and and you know, it goes even farther. There's like day, like uh. I don't know if Twitter does it so much anymore. They it used to be like, it's national pizza day. It's national. Like, or like, I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't say national, but it would be like, it's, it's taco Tuesday day. Well, you know, I feel like, like, yeah, the radio every morning, like the morning zoo kind of shows always yeah. are like, yeah, Hey, they, it's this celebrity's birthday this year in history. This happened and it's and, national and freaking donut day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I remember national donut day. Cause that our my, our old boss or my boss, would the body bring, shop would, yeah, yeah. he brought donuts all the time, but he would also but, hear but that I, and the radio on the way to work. I and just did this last week, but I yeah. have to do it again. Cause it's national, national donut, donut day. day. Well, that's when he, he would buy an extra box and we'd put it in the office for the customers to grab from too. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. And say, tell everyone. It's about. national donut day. Yeah. Then it just kind of spreads around and like Twitter was like made for that kind of stupid shit. Yeah, for you know, sure. like you start hashtagging that. I think that's died down a little, or at least it doesn't end up on the trend list that I The national whatever days. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, um, I, um, I don't know. I just wanted to bring awareness <laughs> to the national preparedness well, awareness month. Can I, can I get weird with it yeah. for a minute? Okay. Uh, I wish I could get weirder than I'm going to get, but instead I'm going to just give some nuggets for other people to get weird. Cause I ain't gone down the rabbit hole far enough yet, but I was listening to OBDM today Okay. and, uh, they brought up, I, I, I said that I just heard about national preparedness days mm-hmm. cause they were talking about it. Uh, in conjunction with, um, like, I, I guess like Denver, I think they were saying someplace in Colorado was giving out, uh, 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 like emergency preparedness, um, bags and that was going to be on September 24th. And apparently, and all I can say is apparently I'm going to leave it really vague. Uh, apparently there's a lot of conspiracy theories that have been focusing around, uh, September 24th of this year, uh, Things that have to do with like uh, probably like CERN. I'm just I'm saying probably because I really haven't looked at what people are saying, but 
I'm guessing CERN and EMPs and uh, solar flares and uh, floods, man-made disasters, you know, things like that. Um, and OBDM was talking about this because apparently um, the Simpsons did a did a episode that was uh, season 24, episode nine, and which is like nine and 27. Nine for 24. Yeah. 924. Oh, yeah. sorry. Was I saying 27? Yeah. No, you, you only said it once. Yeah. You uh, didn't get it. So yeah. yeah, the 24th season and the ninth episode, which is the 24th of September. Yeah. Nine, and, it's, right? and it's an episode that's about Homer becoming a prepper uh-huh. and they played like a little clip from it. And it, like, I couldn't quite, I was at work, so I wasn't giving this my all as I was listening. And it was a little chaotic and confusing to hear the Simpsons clip. But I, I swear I heard a Simpsons voice explaining what an EMP was. Okay. And the whole episode's about Homer. Uh, yeah, you you actually texted me just to Simpsons yeah, just episode said, twenty season twenty four episode nine, and so I looked it up, and I was like, "Whoa, we must have missed this one because it's about him like falling in with some preppers, and like Marge isn't too happy about it." That's all the synopsis said. So I'd I'd love to watch that tonight, actually, if we yeah, have time. Yeah, we, we should after we, dinner. We can access it and watch it. But speaking of being a prepper, there's um I I've made my first order with Azure Standard. Awesome. Um, Azure A Z U R E Standard dot com. Um, I'll actually put a link in the description here. If you happen to place your first order, you can use my link and we'll get like a discount on our next order, which is rad. Cool. Um, and they have a referral program with for anybody. So then if you refer friends, you can do the same huh, thing. Sounds like a pyramid scheme, but it on. does. So Azure Standard is basically bulk organic foods. Um, you don't have to get huge bulk, but you can like up to like a thousand pounds of stuff on a pallet. And instead of to a grocery store, they do direct from warehouse to consumer. So that means that they have drops at certain locations in different towns. And you are notified when the truck is going to be at a certain place. It's usually like church parking lots, school park, maybe not school parking lots, but church parking lots uh, or farms or homesteads that have enough room for some cars to park and a truck to pull in and turn around. And, um, they, park and unload the orders and you put them in your car and you go home and you pay ahead of time and there's no subscription. There's nothing to sign up for. You can do it a one-off time and never do it again. Mm -hmm. There's no pressure and shit is for organic food way cheaper. And if you're talking getting it in bulk, it's even cheaper yet. And then they have stuff that I can't find other places. And I might've mentioned on here, we decided to get a grain mill so we can be milling our own flour. And I was looking into buying wheat berries um, and they were pretty expensive other places. And I wanted to make sure I'm getting a better product, but I'd love to get also cheaper um, than buying flour that's already been milled. And uh, I found that I could get, yep, cheaper, cheaper yet if I buy a 50 pound bag of wheat berries from Azure Standard. So I've got like two kinds of wheat berries um, like a hundred pounds of, of total. And then like, I've got also 25 pounds of, uh, I think corn. So we could mill our own corn for like cornbread and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I got a couple other things like organic cane sugar. Cause I haven't found a good brand that I like and it was cheaper. And I got some popcorn kernels. So, um, tonight I'm picking up my first order. So I'm yeah. excited. That's really great. Uh, Adam was just talking about this on, uh, Deborah gets red pilled, uh, when we had John Bush on, 
Uh, oh, because he, he hadn't, and he hadn't heard of it, right? You had uh, said John Bush John, hadn't John heard Bush it. hadn't, but Adam was talking about how great it is just for social networking. Right, because Adam actually met term. the lady who the, he then bought the sheep from. Yep, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so, it, it, so you go, when you go and do this, you're probably going to be around some people who are thinking like us. Yeah, who want to circumvent the grocery stores, who want to have more direct co- to consumer, have want more control over what they're eating, what product they get, and what kind of companies they're supporting because these people are really awake and they were one of the many um warehouses that had been caught on fire in the last year if anyone mm-hmm. follows ice age farmer and his lists of stuff yeah they they had the little flame on the rest as we are because you pay attention <laughs> to christian oh gosh. god bless his soul for what he does oh but, it's it's oh. hard yeah so so anyway um that's a really good option because again they do have different size packages of stuff and so if you can't find something in the store that you want or you want to stock up on something and you want to buy organic especially check them out for a a huge they even have refrigerated items and freezer items Mm -hmm. you can get like cheese milk from them and stuff too um you just have to be there and be quick to ready to get at home when did they start sponsoring this show um i don't know is is they start sponsoring as soon as somebody makes their first purchase with our um, (laughs) our code (laughs) Yeah, I, I didn't even think I was going to mention that today, but it, it kind of goes yeah, hand no, again. Yeah, if it's, if it's in with everything with what we're, we're talking about. about. Yeah, that's why I was like, depending on if we have time, because we have to go pick up, I have to go pick up that order. Um, I'm excited for it. And uh, the people who uh, organize the drops um, are volunteers. And so if there's not a drop in your area, you can volunteer to set that up. And if you promote it, then they'll, they'll if there's enough people, then they'll come to your area. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway... Uh, that is, um, interesting. The September 24th, 2022 thing. I, um, I, I, I looked mm. up this info, please.com. They have this day in history for the, uh, September 24th in 19, nuclear. yeah. 1996 says nuclear non-proliferation, the United States and the world's other major nuclear powers signed a treaty to end all testing and development of nuclear weapons in 1996. Okay. I didn't know that. It's 1789, Congress passed the first Judiciary Act, which provided for a U.S. Attorney General and the Supreme Court Mm. in 1789. In 1957, the Brooklyn Dodgers played their last game. (laughs) 1960, the Enterprise, the first nuclear-powered aircraft carrier, was launched. Interesting. Um, Nuclear comes up again. 1969, the trial of the Chicago 8 radical anti-war and counterculture activists accused of conspiring to incite riots in the 1968 Democratic Convention began. Did you watch that documentary with me on them? No, I'm not familiar with them. I watched a really good one a few years ago uh, at our friend's recommendation on that one. It was pretty wild. And Dr. Seuss died at age 87 in 1991 on that day. That's sad. I like Dr. Seuss. I mean, maybe he's like totally one of them. But oh, he's one. I, I like the kids' books. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I read, I read his books all the time. Yeah, like we're like reading them it's daily. My, it's my reading level. Yeah, for sure. He just in it the goes car, beyond my reading on the, level. In the car on your lunch break. Oh, just, say can you say kind of goes beyond my that that level. one is the tongue twister one. I have to I have to like tune out what I'm saying and just look just, at it and, and just say the keep words out saying loud. the words and keep yeah. it in a rhythm. Yeah, for it, sure. Uh, I just have to lose you touch with it. You did pretty good. Um, yeah, so anyway, if anybody has any uh, anything to say about National Preparedness Awareness, I wonder if you knew that it was, it was this month, um, if you've seen ad campaigns, or are they just 
campaigning this to the Latin American community last year and the black American community I'm sure that they're always going to say that they're reaching out in different ways, but it's like a lot of these things that are national. Like, it's just something that places that uh, make money off of prepping or something yeah. would, would, like, use it to tell people. Like, the National Zookeeper yeah. uh, uh, Appreciation Week or whatever. You know, it's like... Nobody knows that. Nobody. But I bet that every zoo in America gets a, a a notification, you know, the month before letting them know that this is coming up. Yeah. You know? Right. It's uh, it, they just spread it out there and the people who make it makes feel good hear about it. Yeah. So I think it it's interesting um, to um, like like you were saying, because those people prepare, you know, do profit off of it, the, the Instagram people. Mm-hmm. But like, I also find what they put out there really useful. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a website called Ready Squirrel, ReadySquirrel.com. Yeah, that sounds familiar. And the, this guy's just got like anything you can think of. He has really good lists of stuff, like how long can certain things last or the best way to package things for long-term storage and yeah, things I've like been, that. I've checked his stuff You know, what before. CC oxygen absorbers do you need in this yeah. size mylar yeah, bag? Yeah, ready squirrels awesome. That kind of stuff. Um, but him, for instance. And I haven't seen what he's selling, if he's selling anything. Um, well, and if he's, well, if he does sell anything, it might be just he might hear about this blog. and he goes, oh yeah, cool, I'll, I'll do a 10% discount for that month. Yeah, something you like know? that, sure. Like... I don't know. You know, I work, uh, I make Italian food. Yeah. I make it, I make pasta. Yeah. And if, it, if it came down the pipe to my boss that it was, uh, a pasta appreciation Spaghetti day. day or whatever, yeah. he might, uh, he's not that stupid, but <laughs> you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't so be beyond more like pale. his manager would want to put a post out about come have pasta. It's national pasta yeah, day. If, if I worked for a corporation, yeah. they would be like, oh yeah, we do, you know, uh, buy one, get one free spaghetti bowls. And on. what we're talking <laughs> about here is almost no different than how everyone was using black lives matter signs for a long time. Uh huh. Yeah. It's like Black Lives Matter month. Just put this sign in the window and then you'll get more customers, yeah. which is really I don't see those sick. as much anymore. There's it's some that bit. like put permanent signs yeah, in Yeah, businesses their... still have their yeah. permanent ones up, but I'm not seeing them like they were on the back of cars a lot. Yeah. I'm not seeing that Are anymore. Are they just wearing off or did someone go out there and physically take it off? I feel like they would feel guilty. <laughs> those kinds of people would feel well, guilty. Well, the, the ones I'm thinking of were like handmade ones. Oh, yeah, you know, like you're right. Like would printed, just scotch tape it Print it off their printer and then yeah, scotch, and then scotch, scotch tape, tape the it. inside of the window. Um, and those, yeah, the tape falls off and they're like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I care then, you know, things are different now. So, so before we finish this, which I think we should wrap up and keep this one kind of short because it's, it's time to make dinner and then I got to go to the, pick up that order. Yeah. Um, the, uh, let's see. I thought it would be interesting just to look up the word prepper and see what the internet tells me to think. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that came up is, um, the Wikipedia page for survivalism. Okay. And so I guess prepper and survivalist kind of went hand in hand. And the survivalist, I think more of like trying to be off grid and like underground bunkers, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas prepper, I feel like it could be you're in the city with the, the cans of tuna under your bed, right? Yep. That's what that smell is. Ah. <laughs> um, survivalism is a social movement of individuals or groups called survivalists or preppers who proactively prepare for emergencies such as natural disasters, as well as other disasters causing disruption to the social order that is civil disorder caused by political or economic crises. Preparations may anticipate short-term scenarios or long-term on scales ranging from personal adversary, oh, personal ad- adversity. Ooh. Mm. 
limits <laughs> to, lo- to local disruptions of services to international or global catastrophe. There is no bright line dividing general emergency preparedness from prepping in the form of survivalism. These, concept- these concepts are a spectrum, but a qualitative distinction is often recognized whereby preppers or survivalists prepare especially extensively because they have a higher estimations of risk. So they think that they, they're saying that survivalists and preppers believe that there's a greater risk than other people might think of catastrophes happening. Nonetheless, prepping can be as limited as preparing for a personal emergency like job loss, storm damage, uh, or getting lost in a wooded terrain. <laughs> it can be or as extensive as personal identity or collective identity with a devoted lifestyle. So yeah, those women that I was talking about, they have a devoted lifestyle. They are preppers. They identify as preppers. They have tattoos that are like the prepping tattoos. Their gear, their clothes that they wear, they strap a gun. They like have outdoor wilderness survival clothes on all the time. Mm-hmm. Like that's like their lifestyle. That's their, uh, I don't know, click or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there's... Um, Survivalists, survivalism emphasizes on self-reliance, stockpiling supplies, and gaining survival knowledge and skills. The stockpiling of supplies in and of itself is wide spectrum from survival kits like ready bags or bug out bags that anyone should have to entire bunkers in extreme cases. So this is actually pretty fair so far. Just talking about it's like, but it was polite, but they're definitely saying it's coming from because they think there's a greater risk of the apocalypse. Mm -hmm than other people do. Survivalists often acquire first aid and emergency medical, paramedical, uh, paramedic training, self-defense training, martial arts, firearm safety, and self-sufficiency training. And they often build structures such as survival retreats or underground shelters that may help them in a, to survive a ca- catastrophic failure of society. Use the term survivalist dates from the early 1980s. So um, they also have the history of survivalists, which would be interesting to read sometimes, like from the 30s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s to now. Um, And, ooh, interesting. Common preparations. They had religious beliefs as one of the topics under here, which Mm. is interesting too. That's like that I was saying, Christians and guns and stuff. Um, But I would say like often overlooked by normal people and definitely overlooked by the campaign we were discussing, the national campaign, is that preparing skills, um, you can have a can of food and you can make sure you have the can opener, but like what about foraging and identifying plants around your area and like having an understanding of your surroundings, things like that. And how to slaughter animals. Yeah, how to slaughter how to an trap animal. animals. How, how to, yeah, how to eat a how squirrel. Is it what's, what's safe to eat and what's not Mm -hmm. how to get clean water. If your water is shut off, that should always be your very first one. If, if there was uh, any seriousness to a national campaign about these kinds of things, that's, that's That's what it would be be. all about. How do we get clean water? Cause you can only survive a a day or two without water, but you can survive a long time without food. Yeah. And especially if you have salt. Salt and water, you're good for a very long time, especially if you have a couple extra pounds on. It's like all this prepper stuff, you know, that's all cool. Like it's, it's great for these scenarios, but yeah, if we really wanted to, uh, uh, educate our culture right now on what to do in these situations, it would be, how do you survive now? You don't have, not that you got all your stuff or even if you do, even if we do all this and then if we're down visiting Adam, when the apocalypse hits, 
we ain't, you know, we don't like, get back here to get our, have all this stockpile of stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, like we need to be prepared. We, realistically, you should be able to try to navigate your way through the world at any given moment in yeah. time. That's why you throw the coat in the back of your car. That's why you have a pocket knife in your pocket and a flashlight in the glove box. Yeah. It's like just little things like that. It doesn't take much extra time, much extra money. It doesn't take um, a lot of extra space. If you just have this, the basic things you need and really paring down, realizing what you actually need. Mm-hmm. And that, that helps as well. Um, but I, I recommend to people, especially like if you have, if you feel heavy, if you feel worried about what's going on, if if you follow Ice Age Farmer and you cry yourself to sleep every night, um, just take a little bit of the control back into your own hands and just learn a skill that you didn't have before. Like we've talked about it a lot, just like learning to make those tacos instead of the Taco Bell scenario, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, just like learn learn about the plants in your yard and what you can eat and, and just start to think about getting to know neighbors and farmers and, and people around you that produce food in case you can't just go to the grocery store. That's a skill that can easily be overlooked. I just heard it as you said it, though. Skill. Sharpen your skill of being able to talk to your neighbors. Um, introduce yourself yeah, and, and go and talk. And talk to people who don't want to talk to you. And you might you not want to talk You don't want to talk to them. Yeah, you, just be good at, at getting to know people. And make people, you know, like you. And they know that you're somebody who they can um, re- rely on and they can trust. Because... You know, everybody wants to talk about, everyone's going to go crazy. You better have a lot of guns. Yeah. I honestly, I think people are better than a lot of people give us credit for. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, the average person does not want violence and confrontation. Yeah. And they would rather negotiate with you than try to murder your family. That's the difference between like a, you know, an anarchist and a communist. You know, right. it's like the, the, they, the anarchist is saying, no, no, no. I think that we should allow, we should trust people. And the communists say, no, 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 no one, no, no one, one should, be, should trusted. be trusted. We have to control everything. Yeah. And I think that there, that people are inherently good and there's people out there. Yes. That they're not bad, but I think good people will find each other and band together and there will be protection in those numbers. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, you know, uh, and you, you hear people, they'll say something like, um, if the apocalypse comes, I hope it takes me with it. Cause I wouldn't want to see what's left. Yeah. You know, like. Because you're going to just see the ugliest, dirtiest side of humanity. If there, if we get down to lower numbers, I've seen Walking Dead. I know there's fucking Negans and, and yeah. mayors out there or whatever that guy. You know, right. like yeah. uh, there's they, those are the people. They're gonna fucking have the toughest army, and they're gonna take us over. And I like the one we got now because I feel pretty safe. And yeah, I got internet, you know, and, and the good. best thing is, is just to stop thinking that you need to look to an authority because then when that shit hits the fan, you're not going to start to follow a Negan or a, or a governor or whatever, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like then you're going to find good people to work with instead of looking for, to, for a savior. You're going to start working well Yeah. and that will attract other well-working people. And, you know, of course, yeah, I guess, you know, I mean. Negan can always come with all of his his armed forces oh, and force yeah, you. Yeah. But that's what we're living under right now it, anyway. It is now. And then when you pay your taxes, that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. They just didn't show up to your door because they have you brainwashed. They just look a lot nicer than, than Negan. Yeah. Yep. And um, with that, I'd like to encourage everybody just to keep trying to learn new things and, and uh, think about what you're doing a little bit. And if you need help in any way where you think that we would have some information that you're looking for, please reach out to us. Make like Slater talking to Zach Morris and be a preppy.
Oh my god. Did you just come up with that on just the fly there? I haven't thought about that show in like 20 <laughs> years. <laughs> he used to call him Preppy. Preppy. Hey, preppy. Hey, preppy. Oh my god, you're an idiot. I like it so much. <laughs> well, congratulations on that. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, lots of good stuff coming up, guys. And um, we're trying our best to get an episode out a week, but it's not it's not always happening. But most of the time it is. But when we do, they're always a banger like this, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, this feels like it was a better one than uh, usual. I think I think this is this is a great episode. I think all of our episodes have been pretty strong. We both had good energy this time, so I'm feeling and good about it. The world is slowing down, sort of, you know, as we switch into fall. So hopefully, we'll have more time that it won't won't even be an issue that we 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 missed a few throughout the summer. But life gets fast. Yeah. Life gets fast and the world's changing and growing all around you and you have children who are growing and changing all around you and you have schedules that are growing and changing all around you. All the you. food that grows and that you want to make sure you have for the winter. So that's what we're doing now and that definitely takes priority and that's okay. Um, soon enough that will slow down and we'll be enjoying the fruits of our labor and exactly. have more leisure time. Leisure. Leisure time. Leisure. All right. Well, peace right. out, everybody. Bye.